Spanish to speak Italian? Hey, hey! Hi, how are you? second wizard pharaoh wizard pharaoh is our guest tonight and uh he's a very experienced sorcerer um his background reminds me a lot of myself in terms of uh what he does the spirits that he interacts with um he works with a lot of uh hey there you are hello i suddenly so, uh, fell out so i'm back <laughs> you didn't fall down did you no i didn't <laughs> A slight technical issue, but if, I'm you, back. If, if you fall down, catch yourself by your beard, okay? I will. I will. How are so, you? uh, Wizard Pharaoh, thank you for joining us. Um, you are in Australia, and it is 6 p.m. here, and it's what 10 p.m., 10 a.m. there. It's 10 a.m., yes. Nice, so, sunny summer's day, uh, and it's a Sunday morning for you, right? Yes, it is. Okay, well, thank you for joining us, and good morning. You're very welcome. I got my time confused because I I was um, finishing off some work emails and then I thought, I better check, you know, what's happening with this link. And, of course, 6 p.m. your time is 10 a.m. here. It's like, it's 10 a.m. A little bit of transcontinental differences. So yes. uh, what I was saying uh, <clears throat> uh, before you got booted or whatever happened was uh, you, you and I have a lot of commonality in terms of uh, the spirits and the entities that we work with, that we engage with, that we uh, commune with uh, almost on a daily basis. Yes. So for all those out there who don't know much about you, uh, all of our new listeners, especially, uh, can you give them a little background on who you are, what you do and really what makes you, uh, what makes you a sorcerer? Sure. So, Oh, God, where do I start? So I guess I've had an interest in magic for years and years. I remember even as a child, I'd have a few odd things happen. Like here, my mother's voice when I was miles away and odd things, odd, odd kind of things. Um, one example was that... I dreamt of an ex and I dreamt that she was expecting, she was having a baby. And I just woke up and I thought, oh, that's kind of an odd thing. And I thought, nah. And then I had second thoughts and it occurred to me, gee, I wonder. And so I happened to know where she worked. I went. I saw her, I said, hi, how have you been? Long time. I dreamt about you. And she's like, oh yeah, I dreamt that you're pregnant. And she looks at me like, 
what the fuck? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't told anybody I'm pregnant. I was like, wow. And it was one of those things that I could have easily just moved. I could have easily just moved on. No. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I woke up and just gone, no, nah, that's just nothing. But because I actually took the time to follow up on it, I found out that it was real. I was like, wow, that's kind of odd. So, so my interest in magic things always got slightly more interested. And I eventually then ended up being able to do a introductory workshop with a witch here in the Melbourne. And it was all about circle casting and basic spelling, making spells and, and so forth. And she was she she was quite into the the Wiccan seasonal fest festivals. So we'd yeah. have these in a local park mm. and we'd all meet and we'd wear robes and hats and bring in in instruments and we'd do the full on Wiccan casting a circle, calling in the god, the goddess, the elements, and then depending on the ritual itself, we would conduct something. And so then, of course, over time, I got more involved with that. And some of us at one stage thought about, why don't we start up a Golden Dawn order? Loose, loosely based on the golden on the golden door. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested to hear about this. Yeah. Yep. So one of the people there had said at the time that he'd been involved with a golden dawn temple in the UK. And he was running meditation nights there and he sort of asked us. How do you feel about if we start up a Golden Dawn temp temple here? You know, it'll be a bit stumbling through the dark, but we'll work it all out. And we then just went, fine. So we started up our Golden Dawn, our Golden Dawn tem temple, which we called um, Hermetic Order of the Red, the Dragon. Horde. Um, sorry? Horde. Yeah, Horde. So we started up Horde. We had a lot of people come. Um, hang on, I just need to pour myself a drink because I've got a bit of a cough. <laughs> and in the meantime, for those of us who don't know what Dawn <laughs> style temple is, will you explain it to us? Yep. Uh, I had some surgery on Tuesday on my mouth, so my nose is a bit shut so for those of you who aren't familiar with the golden dawn golden dawn was a secret secret society that start started up in the uk about 1880s and i from what i understand a lot of the members were the masons people who were interested in the Occult. And basically, to summarize the Golden Dawn, it works the tree of the life that some of you have possibly heard of, the 
the Kabbalistic tree of life, where you start at the bottom mm -hmm. that is based on earth and you move up and each of the spheres that you move up to are a different element and so forth. And it's that kind of a magical, it's that kind of a magical system that then shifts you up in energies. And the aim is to ultimately move you up to where you're one with the perfect essence at, at the top. Now, of course, back in the days of the Golden Dawn, of course, think 1880s, everything's quite sick, quite hidden. It's only open to the men. You had to learn lots of things. Yes. You had to learn the Hebrew alphabet and correspondences, yes. and you had to pass these tests before you moved up. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great system. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And so you start off as a neophyte uh -huh. and then you enter. And then after some time, when you, when they, when they feel, feel like you have the knowledge you need and you've passed the written and oral tests, you then undergo a ritual to move you up to the next step, Zelator. And mm -hmm. Zelator is where you enter Earth. And so you're working with the element of Earth and you're working with various angels. Part mm -hmm. of the Golden Dawn system is working with Enochian, the magic. You know, and that brings me to a question. Um, Yes, absolutely. The the Golden Dawn, uh, a lot of their magic is focused and centered around Enochian magic, working with angels, the celestial spirits of the high sphere of the angelic realm. Uh, you work not just with Goetic spirits, you know, uh, but you also work with Enochian spirits, angels. Look, I, look. Most most of the spirits that I work with are probably a goetic now right for those of you listening who don't who haven't heard of that term goetic spirits are what some people label as label as a demon yes so they're mentioned in the old testament solomon the king captured these en entities and used them to build the temple Mm -hmm. So there's 72 of these, and each of them, as per the hierarchy of hell, you know, some of them are kings and counts and right. dukes, and they command X amount, X amount of the legions, and some of them have more specific skills than others, you know, health, herbs, killing enemies, building, construction, a destruction. Well, yeah, for example, Stolas, for example, teaches the uh, uh, the properties of herbs and the properties of stones and crystals and things like that. Yes. Very powerful goetic spirit. Very good uh, goetic spirit to work with for a first timer if Let you want to you. learn those things. <clears throat> um, yes, I, you have one. I have one. Let me. There let he me is. Stolas. Yes. So you so can see that he's got. He basically looks like an owl mm -hmm. yeah 
and as you said, he's very useful to sort of, um, yeah, what you said, basically. Yep. Very much the same way that, like, a lot of the saints have some sort of something attached to them, like music or arts. It's the same yes. thing. Yes. Let me just put my camera down. I'm just going to occasionally shift around if something comes up and I can show show you stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. And look, the interesting thing is, so when you read, so the Lesser Key of Solomon that has them all listed and they're listed down as, you know, this one commands this and it's actually, I've got the book here. Hang on. Let's just have a look because the, <laughs> the old fashioned descriptions are, are really weird. Like you read them and you think, hang on, how is that useful for now? I love that you're not only our first guest, but you're the best show and tell person we could have found. No, definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love show, show Absolutely. and tell. Thank you. Thank you very much for putting up the video of my magic room. So I thought that Absolutely. was really nice of you. There's so much fun stuff to look at it in there. Oh, I have a lot of fun stuff here, except my wife doesn't call it fun stuff. She calls it junk. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just trying to find, oh, no, this isn't the right book. Anyway, <clears throat> so the descriptions of them based on, you know, old-fashioned kind of lang language, an example might be, you know, this entity is very useful in constructing, in constructing towers and giving you power over metal. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you kind of think now, well, hang on. I'm not building medieval powers. I don't metal. I don't work with metal. But if you try to think out of the box, metal, everything is metal. Cars, computers. Mm -hmm. So if you try to then laterally think, what could that mean now? It takes on a whole new aspect. And then, of course, there's those people who when they summon these, see them and hear them and speak to them. And they can personally then ask them and say, well, hang on, tell me what powers you can assist me with. Absolutely. And so, and so you'll then see more sort of modern ones or you'll occasionally see, hang on, Amducius does this, but Amducius is known for the musician of hell. And mm -hmm. so you think, hang on, that old description doesn't match with what I've just read here where someone says Andusius can do this or that. So. But you're right. You're right. When you work with these entities uh, and when you create a working relationship and when you work with them on uh, multiple times, they will tell you <clears throat> things that are different than what's in the old grimoires, the old Solomonic grimoires, the lesser key of Solomon, things like that. Uh, they will also tell you what they like as far as offerings and libations. Very much so. Very, very much so that you sometimes read, you know, one book will say so-and-so likes Sam, Sandalwood and Rose and likes an offering of this and that. And some of them you just end up with a feeling that, oh, I don't think this one will like alcohol. For instance, I'll just show you another effigy here. See if you recognize this one. I'm just trying to 
Oh, viewer. Look at the camera while I'm scanning down. Yes, yes, viewer. Exactly. So he's good. He, he's a he's a good uh, goetic spirit to uh, petition for healing. Very much so. Look, very much so. And he was probably the first one, first one that I really in interacted with, and very much in terms of health and heal healing. Yeah, but for him. I've never offered alcohol because I just had okay. a feeling with health and health vitality. I just had this feeling that, no, I'm not going to offer him our alcohol. So he'll occasionally get some pears, some strawberries mixed up in a bowl and maybe a little cup, you know, maybe some something like that of right. orange juice or apple juice and I'll sit and we'll have a little, hi, how, how, how are things? Thanks for helping me. Here's some food and that. And then I'll leave the offerings overnight. And then the following, the following day, we'll have another chat and I'll actually then eat, I'll then, I'll, I'll then eat them. Yeah. You know, I so have a working. like to toss them and all sorts of things. But for me, it feels kind of right that we're sharing the food. I have a working relationship with Aura Boss, and oh, yes. uh, he he really likes frankincense and myrrh for incense. You know, yeah, um, a, a lot of the goetics do. Yes, um, uh, some of them like um, obviously frankincense and myrrh. Some of them like sandalwood. Some of them like clove. Yeah. So again, it goes back to working with them, and just because you know it's not in the book. I mean, you can't you can't always rely what's on rely on what's in the no. book. You have to work with these entities yourself. You have to conjure, stir, and bring them forth, and talk to them, and work with them, and they will tell you. And, and uh, people people get goetic spirits, put them in a bad light, so to speak, that of they're course. just are evil, bloodthirsty, terror. Yep. You know. So. Of course, I mean, look, that's the whole New and Old Testament, right. the Abrahamic. And most of them, you know as well as I do, most of them are actually ancient, ancient gods that were demonized. Yes. So we have a question in from Valerie. She wants to know, how do you know they want to work with you? Okay. So I kind of found it, it's, it's almost like I, I don't necessarily necessarily like the word accident but it kind of think of it as a set of cir circumstances mm. where you you might suddenly see an image of one mm, and mm -hmm. then you suddenly hear people talking about it or then you'll see a sigil and you'll go oh what's that sigil oh that's that that's that that's that one so, so it's that feeling of like serendipity like if you think about it and you're noticing it and noticing it and noticing it, take the sign. Exactly. It's almost like something's tapping you and saying, hey, <laughs> how many times do I have to make myself visible by, you know, showing you that people are talking about me, you're seeing Facebook posts, you're looking at a book of sigils and you go, oh, I quite like that one. I don't know why, but the sigil looks really cool. So those are the kind of those are the kind of things that I often look at as hints. And then 
you'll start to maybe then read up on it and you go, oh, wow, that one can do health. Oh, gee, mm -hmm. that's perfect. And then you just start to, you just start to work. And working can be all sorts of things. I mean, different people do formal rituals, circles, summoning, or you can just meditate on the sick. There's so many ways that you can work with these energies. And sometimes people get a bit confused or lost because they see that so-and-so has said you have to have a circle and a triangle and you have to summon mm -hmm. the demon into the triangle. And there's got to be the, the flames demon. on the outside. Yes. And if you want to work that way and it resonates with you, perfect. But if you feel like, hang on, I don't like this idea that I'm commanding them I command you to obey me and blah, 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 and appear before me. And it's like, well, you know, it doesn't sit very well with me because who wants to be summoned and told, do this? It doesn't yeah. maybe go well. So if you feel like there's other ways to work with them, fine. Just like you know? the way that people work with almost any other entity, doesn't matter yes. what sort of gods or powers that you believe in you know yes. you don't have to try and command them you just honor them look for their signs give them what they want and work with them in little ways yeah, yeah. so hopefully that's answered hopefully that helps yeah you know and i again i say that you know most of the goetic spirits are uh gods ancient gods yeah. even even as far back as mesopotamia yes that have been turned into demons and look, the morality of a God and the morality of a human being, they're not going to be the same. We can't judge these entities based on human morality. No. That's, that would be arrogant. That's arrogance. You can't do that. Yes. That's human yes. arrogance. Uh, oh, yes. Who are we to judge ancient gods? <laughs> <laughs> right. Cheers. Cheers. Nostrovia. Yes. Look. <sighs> Very much so. And look, and one of the things that I used to be upset about very early on when we started up Horde and we'd summon various angels and that, I'm not necessarily the kind of person who will hear them. Mm -hmm. I, As a general thing, I don't hear them. I don't see them manifest in physical shape. Whereas other people at the time say, oh, I hear the voice and I see them. And I'm like, oh, I'm not. I'm failing. <laughs> oh, oh. You know? What's you wrong say, with me? What's wrong with me? And you feel really shit because you feel like, but, 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 you know. And I came to realise don't compare yourself to others. All right, absolutely. You, know, you are you, and who knows what can ha happen. And I've had some really uh, – okay, so here's here's an aside. I very – look, I've barely touched marijuana. I had some as a 19-year-old. I felt nothing because it was probably shit. <laughs> you know, I'm smoking away and going, you know. So I met a friend who likes to light up a joint and have a smoke and 
Um, on rare occasions, I might as well. And I distinctly remember this particular time when I'd had it joined. I was in that kind of, you know. I think I think we've all been. I think we've all done the woo. And it was late. It was late at night, and I'm suddenly channeling Anduceus. Absolutely, yes. You know, yes. And it was like I'm kind of hearing the voice and saying things and going, but there was the rational side side of me that was also saying, mm, "This doesn't sound like me. This is kind of cool. Let's see mm-hmm. where let's see where this goes." So I end up posting on our horde, on our horde little, on our horde little chat, and I'm saying, Amducius is going to fulfil each of you a favour. Ask away. Now, admittedly, this was probably quite late at night, maybe one a.m. or two a.m. And so I'm typing away what he's saying and. And I actually kept images of that of that particular of that particular chat, and even looking at it now, the stuff that I go, wow, that's definitely, wow, yeah, that's that's not me. It was interesting. Yeah, that's definitely an important point to realize that you can't judge your progress and your accomplishments based on others in life in general, but especially in your magic practice, because everybody has different places that they're starting and different talents and different interests. Like I can make a candle like no other. My self-love candles work amazingly, but I cannot conjure a demon and I don't feel bad about that. It's just not my wheelhouse yet. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's really important. Look, when everybody starts up on their magical path, you have to start with something. And you read you read, read a book where it says, okay, you will conduct this spell at 6.45 p.m. under the sign of Aries, facing east, south, west, yeah. north, and you'll hold your hands in a certain way and... And so you follow these and you just go, nah, okay. But over time you realize that you can modify this. You can make it your own. You don't have to do a certain, if you need to work on some magic and you're using, you know, something like the, the pentacles, the pentacles of Solomon. Yes. The seals that correspond to, you know, Venus, earth mm-hmm. and so forth. Not no, not Earth. I don't think it was Earth. Like well, Venus and I know Saturn. what you mean, yeah. Yeah. And so you find the one and you're working with a certain en- energies. And yes, of course, there are certain times of the day, certain times of the month where that, let's say you're working with one of the Mars ones. There's bound to be a certain day and time, an astrological time when the powers of Mars are at its best. And yes, you will get more energy. But if you need this working now, and it's not the perfect day, it's not the perfect time, it's not the perfect this, it's still going to work. Absolutely, it will. Absolutely, it will. And I'm, I can testify that that it absolutely 100% will work. Um, now, I try, I try to... Um, uh, stay true to the moon phases 
but I don't yes I don't feel the need to get involved in all the oh this this you know Mercury is in this house and Venus is in no. this house and all that that's not necessary no. at least not from my experience I mean I have conjured these demons simply by calling their name over and over and getting myself into a semi trance state boom yeah. they're there 30 yeah. minutes they're there we're having conversation we're making deals things are happening magic's happening i'm getting money in the mail etc <laughs> etc et it's happening it works yeah yeah you know that and, yeah of course and look there are certain magical spell work working that if you tied in with the moon a waxing a waning moon, mm -hmm. whether the moon's going up or the moon's coming down, you'll you'll get more out out of it. But if something comes up that you need the magic now, yeah, and it's not the right phase, you have to wait another half a month. Then you're not going to wait. You're going to make it. Work. No, you're not. It's like trying to wait for Black Friday when your TV's broken in July. Like, yeah, yeah perfect. you could wait for Black Friday and spend a couple hundred bucks less, but yep. you won't get to watch Netflix for months. Exactly. And yeah. is it worth it waiting without Netflix for six six months when you just spend that little bit of it? Yeah, yeah. And I've had those situations where I would uh, work with not just a goetic spirit, but an archangel or a saint or a voodoo yep. loi, you know, um, and it, Traditionally, things might li not line up as, you know, by the book, but I still do it and it still works. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you said, sometimes you have to do things. You can't wait around. You have to have action. You have to you take do. charge. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Look, I, yeah. And I think when people first begin, it's very easy to get tied up in the very finer points. But at the end of the day, I think the most powerful tools, a magician, a wizard, a sorcerer, a witch, whatever you want to call us, has is their imagination and, their, and the intent behind the magic. Yes, the will, the will of the sorcerer. The will. The will of the sorcerer is a powerful tool and a powerful weapon. Yeah, you you can you can uh, conjure and summon these entities, not just goetics, not just angels, but even elementals yeah. to put them to task, create servitors, if you will. Yeah. Um, and put them to task with your will alone. Yeah. I, I mean, that's why you have the to know. Right. To will, mm -hmm. to dare. To dare. Right. Exactly. To, be to silent. keep silent. Yes. I think that now, so many I, people just starting out see people like you, Pharaoh, and you, Ken, and all of the different tools and gadgets and supplies that you have. Like I've seen people with absolute stores of different herbs and stuff, but you don't really need that. And I think that's what breaks a lot of people down from wanting to get into it. It's, you know, oh, well, I can't afford it or it's too much to get or it's too they much think, to keep track They of. think that they need all this hordes of uh, items yes. in order to do. No, I can conjure a spirit with with just my fingers. Yeah. Look, let's be, let's be honest here. It is nice to have shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hell nice yeah. And <laughs> Damn right. Statues and lovely wands. And I have my share. Oh, I, I can show you some lovely wands and stuff. <laughs> and I'm not talking, you know, wands. Right. 
I'm not yeah. joking. The downstairs one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're in Australia. Hey, but the, but you know what? Downstairs? Those wands have their time and purpose for sorcery too. Very, very much so. That sex magic is some powerful stuff, but yes. yes, it is. But you can take a piece of wood, a stick that that you find that you just resonate with. There is your wand. If you want representations of the elements, mm-hmm. fire can be a candle, a chili yes. pepper, mm-hmm. right? Something red, water, a sea, a, a seashell, yeah, earth. So many o- options here. A rock, a stone, a bowl of earth, salt, a bowl of rice, um, mm-hmm. salt, and then okay. you've got water. Well. Water's water. You just take a cup and you fill it up. You fill it up with water. Add some salt. That's helpful. But or if you're near, or if you're near the ocean, you get yourself some ocean water. So Hold on a second. Have... Hold on a second. Yes, Kevin. Yes, Kevin. You can drive my truck to work. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so you have your elements. You have your altar. A pentagram you can make on a piece. You Absolutely. can make on a piece of paper, or you can just do it in the air. Exactly, and you're pretty much set. And look, yes, it's fairly obvious from my room. Oh, I'm going to stand up. I've been exercising way too much, so I'm so stiff. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious from my room that I have a lot of stuff here. I love your room. I do too. If I ever come, if me and Kevin ever come to Australia, you have to let me see your room. Of course. We'll do a ritual, okay? Wait, I'm I coming mean, there's, too. There's of course you are. Recognize? Yeah, Baron. Baron Samedi. Baron. And there's Amducius. Amducius, yes. I'm very lucky that I know a lady who makes these fantastic feet, feet figures. Uh, what is it? My little bathomat? Yes, my little Baphomet. Yes, she is amazing. I mean, what she what she makes when I asked her to do Hamdusius, and I had certain ideas. Uh, like I, I wanted him to have solid hands and feet. I, I wanted him to have a hand that I could put some put something in. Yeah. So they're solid hands that I can use. To hold things, but she then just added things to him. That when I opened the box, her her effigies, her figures have an essence. I believe that. If they suddenly moved, I wouldn't be surprised. And sometimes I think they actually do. I come in here and I've made an offering of wine or some some something, and I come in and the cup's half empty. And I think, well, hang on, it's winter, it hasn't been hot, wine evaporates at a certain pace, this cup's half gone. But, you know, I've experienced that too. Let me let me tell you, I have made offerings to spirits, specifically in this case to the Loa of the Voudan Pantheon. Yep. And I have uh, left Jamaican rum uh, at their altar, and I would go in the next day and it would be dry as a bone. Yep. I feel like once yep. you get into magic, there's a certain point at which anything weird happens and you just go, hmm, yeah, that seems right. Really, we do. I mean, we, we, 
me and him, we got that experience. So it's like practicing magic for all these years. Like she said, when something weird happens, we're just like, oh, nice. Yeah. We know. Yeah. We, we're, yeah. We're, we're used to it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And look, one of the things, I guess one of the things that some people find very odd in, in my magic room so I've got statues of archangels. I've got icons of angels. I'll have figures of Egyptian, of Egyptian gods. I've got, I've got, you know, Kali. Kali. Not that I work with her, but the things that I see and I just go, I want it. It has to be in here. And then they find their spot. It's like, okay, where am I going to put this figure now that they all have have their spot? And sometimes people walk in here and they look around, hang on, you've got angels and demons and Hindu <laughs> gods and Egyptian gods and Norse <laughs> things. It's like, this is fucking chaos. Yeah, <laughs> it, it reminds me of uh, some of my uh, altar rooms in the past when people would walk in and they would see Odin over here. Freya over here, Jotun's yep. over there, Papa Legba over there, you know, yep. uh, Isis, Osiris, and Horus over there, yep. you know, a representation of the goetic demon Ouroboros over there. And yep. they were like, I don't know which way to turn. What the hell are you? What do yep. you do? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so cool, though, is that you don't have to follow any rules. No. You can read all the books that you want. You yep. can follow any pantheon or belief system that you want. But at the end of the day, it's whatever calls to you and whatever resonates with your spirit. Yeah, but it is very odd that when you take then a time to look to see, okay, what what was each of these figures known for mm -hmm. magically? Mm -hmm. That there's mm -hmm. a theme running through the whole thing. Yeah. There's so many different things that link a yes. lot of the effigies I have here, Sekhmet and Kali and Odin and the Goetics, there's themes that overlap. So it's almost like it's not just a, well, it's obviously not just a random hodgepodge of things. There's, there is a method here, even though I may not be conscious of it. So there are certain energies that are basically the same. They're just a different God or, or a different goddess. Yeah. And there's a reason that all of that was, you were drawn to all of that. And it's yes. nice to not find out until later. It's like a little surprise. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It yeah, is. Definitely. And I'm always discovering things and going, oh, wow. I mean, one so of the things sense. that I just recently latched, latched onto. So in the Golden Dawn, in the Gold in the golden dawn temp in the golden dawn tem temples during the rituals there's a series of the knocks you might knock you know and there's a series of these numbered kind of knocks and i only recently re realized they tie in with the level of the grade like Zelator yeah. is one equals ten. You're moving up. You've moved up into the lower sphere, the Malchut, which is Earth. Yes. Ten. Yes. Four knocks, three and the three. 
adds up to 10. Yes. Okay. And yes. when I saw that, I went, yes. hang on, I wonder what yeah. happens at the next one up. Quick, quickly looked. <laughs> Quick There's yeah. nine. There are nine. It's like, you know, duh, like it's pretty obvious, but it's kind of not. But it You know, is. and I, I use I use Knox uh, very similar to that configuration when I'm doing uh, Goetic Magic on a uh, strictly Solomonic in within a Solomonic framework, I use those type of knocks. Yep. Before, during, and after. In other words, yep. before I conjure the spirit, once the, once the demon gets there, and then after the demon departs, I will use a series of nine knocks in a certain yep. configuration. And yep. that's that's just traditional uh, ceremonial high magic. Which, by the way, you know, traditional ceremonial high magic can be, and is very very complex can be very complex as yep. can enochian magic working with angels angel magic can be very complex but yes. here's what i tell people people come up to me they're like i just don't think i can do this i don't want to do it i want to do it but i don't want to do it because it's too complex it doesn't have to be yeah. it doesn't have to be hard start small yeah. do little things yeah oh yeah look if you're working with an enochian if you're working with enochian tab and enochian tablet mm -hmm. so for those of you who are unfamiliar, I happen to have an earth. Oh my god, he's got that too. Of course, <laughs> I have one somewhere, but I haven't unpacked it yet. So, Could there you? is the Enochian earth, earth yes. Tab. And you've got so this overall tablet is earth, and then you've got the air part of earth, the earth of earth, the fire of earth, the water of earth. Yes. And then you've got these various angels that mm -hmm. have mm -hmm. the minion over it. And then you've got seniors that come out, the God name, the king. So if you're specifically wanting, say, to work with this angel here, you know, O-P-N-A, Opna, you mm -hmm. end up technically needing to go through the whole hierarchy of using everything that's senior to it you you right, absolutely the, the god the king the seniors the two angels that rule here and then you finally get to opta so it does sound really it does sound really complex but it doesn't but have when to you be. understand the essence of it it's not that bad right right when you break it down it's just a hierarchy system it's just a pattern that represents a significant number that sort of thing and i like yeah. the breaking it down into knocks because those are so powerful they're completely universal as a sign of getting somebody's attention yeah. or entering a domain of some sort and they're not only physical but they're auditory so it just kind of yes. doubles that. and let me add something to that with with the knocks you know spirits and a lot of you paranormal investigators i don't have to tell you guys this you, you guys know that thank you uh Deanna Jean, um, a lot of spirits will communicate with Knox. Yes. They will, they will, they will communicate with Knox. Most of my, I found that a lot of spirits like to communicate in a series of threes. Yeah. Now, a lot of people say, well, that's a demon. Not always. It's not always a demon. <laughs> it's not always a human spirit. You know, um, <clears throat> I was on uh, our paranormal podcast with Sean Gilmore and Brian Mersall. Great show, by the way. And uh, we had talked about um, 
I, I had talked about an experience I had where I had to banish an angel. Okay. Yep. I don't yep. know if you watched that show or not, but I've actually had to banish an angel twice. The first time, uh, the first time, basically through logical deduction, the angel was bored and it wanted to screw with these people. The second time I had to banish an angel, not a demon, an angel. It was a church. It was a Catholic church that was turned into a house and these people were living in it. Well, the angel was not very happy about it because it became a residence instead of a church. So I actually called on my boy, Orobos. Um, he brought some reinforcements and we we got the angel to leave. But yeah, the knocks, knocks are universal. Absolutely, Mistress B. There's also this really odd thing that some people think you either have to work with angels or the demons. And I know of instances right. where people have summoned a Goetic, a Goetic spirit and they've wanted some sort of help with some something. And basically what they've ended up being told, hey, 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 honestly, I can't really help, help you with this. Who I suggest you call is the Archangel Michael. Yes. He'll, he'll take care of it. He, she, it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he'll take care of it. And it's like, what the fuck's going on here? I'm talking to a demon and the demon's referring, referring me on to this fucking angel. It's like, what the fuck? It's yeah. like, no. It's like two sides of the same coin. He just casually yeah. said, oh, go over to accounting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, look, this is beyond me. I don't really touch that shit. Just, just, go, to, just go to Michael. He'll... He'll take care of your enemy, kind kind of thing. And what people also forget, angels are angels can be really nasty motherfuckers. Oh, absolutely. So can saints. Piss a saint off and see what happens. You know, in a way, I think the Goetia is a lot more straightforward. They, if from what I've experienced and others have said, they there are. In their own way, they're a hell of a lot more laid back and no hidden, in a way, shit. And whereas when you start dealing with angels, you know, they can be really nasty and confusing and lazy. It's like, no, nah, I don't want to do this shit. Fuck off. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Why are you talking to me? I don't want to know you. You know? So, but yeah, angels can be, re angels can be really difficult. Yeah, I've never worked with one, but just from a lot of the stories that Ken has told me and a lot of the stories that I've read about, I think I might almost prefer to work with the demons because you know what they're after, you know what they like, you know what not to do. Yeah, I mean, think about what some of these angels are. The God Almighty has taken offense with your town. I will send down an angel to smite thee and wipe thee out and this angel comes down and says bang you're all dead yeah they fucking kill us <laughs> absolutely they kill one person they've killed tens of thousands yeah they don't care They're we were just instructions. me and mistress b were just talking about that today you know one of the most heinous things biblically in my opinion was the killing of those innocent newborns in egypt horrendous yeah. Horrendous. And I think what's kind of... Not necessary. 
well, what's kind of contradictory is that that whole story was fine because it was in the service of the Lord. But everybody freaks out when you think about demons and Satan and that you have to sacrifice a baby for him. Didn't yeah. they just do that? There's there's none of yeah. that. None of that happens. <laughs> I just noticed on this, there's, there's a chat box and I can see lots of people have said stuff and... Um, if anybody at any stage wants to ask me things after this, I've got a Facebook page, which I think you've ad advertised. By yeah. all means, if you want to ask me stuff on that page, I'm always happy to answer things. Yeah, his page is Facebook. Uh, it's a Facebook page. It's Pharaoh Wizard at Large. And yep. we'll share it on our page again, and we'll link it at the end of the stream. No, thank you. Well, I have a question. Um, I love your name, Pharaoh. How did uh, how did how did that come about? Was that a spirit give? Did a spirit come to you and reveal that to you, or what, what's the deal with that? So, I tend to really like working with the four elements. So I'll have like a morning. I'll have like a morning ritual, which is no. Let me take half half a step back. So I wear a lot of, I wear my magic ring, my pen pendant and that, which I don't have on, on me now because, as I mentioned, I hadn't realised it was 10am and this podcast <laughs> is on. And I every so often will, I, every so often I will consecrate them as elemental uh, protection tools. So on my altar that's behind me, of course, I have representations of the four elements. So I'm really attracted to the four elements. So when it came time to thinking of a name for my magic page, because I used to post magic stuff on my own, on my own page, and a lot of people don't want to see it, or so I thought I'll have a Facebook magic page. So I basically wrote the words out for the four elements, fire, water, air, and earth. And I wanted to take two of the letters from each, which is why Therug has eight. And then I just messed around with combinations of letters to come up with a magic name. Now, I'm quite attracted to Vikings, and I mean, I have a Viking axe here, and I you have look like a Viking <laughs> male here, and I've got swords and spears in this room everywhere, which you can't see, but I've got weapons coming out of my ass. I don't doubt it. <laughs> Not in that room. <laughs> Sorry? I said, I don't doubt you have anything yeah. you might have in that room. Oh, yeah. So when I was working with the letters, the name Fair the Roo came came out, and it's kind of Norse sounding, maybe the Celtish. I, I I don't know. It had the the two of the letters from each element, and I just I liked it. And I thought this is it. This is perfect. I also wanted a, a magic name for my magic page that no one else has. You know, I didn't want to use some sort of motto from um, a Golden Dawn person or just some sort of, I 
so yeah. So long story, long story short, that's the origin of the name. Oh, I love it. I think it's a perfect example of using what you have and your own imagination and creativity to come up with stuff. Because I'm sure if you Googled how to find a magic name, you would have to meditate and draw something out. And, you know, there would be this whole rigmarole. And it doesn't need to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and something really odd came up the other the other day because some somebody asked me, did you ever do a Google search, for instance, on F-E-H-R, FAIR? I went, no. So he actually had, and I did, and it's a very, and it things, that, things actually come up and it's like, oh, wow. And it turns out it's a common name in the Switzerland. And I happened to live okay. there. That's years. right. You did live in Switzerland. Yes. You know, and it was like, oh, wow. Like, it never occurred to me to do a Google search on the FEHR to see what came came up. And as it so happened, certain things came up and go, oh, wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. I guess it was definitely Now, let me ask you this. You said that on occasion, you don't, you don't, go out of your way to seek to do this but on occasion people will sometimes come to you and want you to do work on their behalf yes what is uh is in terms of requests what is the uh most common request you get love money sex okay <clears throat> i generally won't do work for people i don't actually know because I'm not interested in doing this as a money thing. What I've done on occasion, I've done a remote, I've done a remote healings. Yes. And that's been really weird. Um, I don't know how to quite put this into words. Like I don't consider myself psychic at all. I have the psychic ability of this this you know paintbrush i'm not side <laughs> side side now this is where it gets a bit weird I'm so i had a friend who'd gone to spain from here to walk the l the l the el camino which is a religious kind of walk that you do in northern spain and it's like a month and you walk every day for eight or ten hours. So she had arrived in Spain and she had an accident. She did she did her ankle and it was puffy and she actually couldn't walk. And she happened to mention on Facebook, oh, my God, I'm here in Spain and I'm ready to start this whole month and I've, I've done my ankle. Medically, I've been told you won't be able to actually walk, you're stuffed. And I, this was, this was the ex that I'd had, that I woke up one day and said, she's having a kid. And I've kept in touch with, I think, all of my exes, which it's been nice, but I don't speak often. But I've kept in touch, touch with her. And because of Facebook, I see her posts. And I'd never done a remote healing. And I sent her, I, I sent her a, a message on Facebook and said, look, I'm really sorry this has ha ha happened, 
how do you feel about me doing a remote healing? And she said, and she's into these things as well. And she said, yeah, look, whatever. I gave it some thought and I hadn't, and I suddenly had some very specific ideas about how I wanted this. So I asked her to send me a picture of herself just before she went to bed, like a headshot. Mm-hmm. And in here, I put that picture on my iPad and I chose various effigies to have. And I basically did a remote healing because in the past I'd done Reiki mm-hmm. 1 and Reiki 2. So I kind of had some thoughts. Anyway. Let that happen, went to bed and thought, yeah, whatever comes of it, I have no idea. I don't fucking know, right? So anyway, the following day, I have a message from her. Oh, my God, I got up this morning, I can walk. My ankle's fine. And I'm like, what the fuck? Really? (laughs) I've actually experienced that before. I had a, like, from across the country, had a Reiki healing done. And she goes, okay, I'm going to start at two o'clock. You just keep yourself relaxed, lay down if you can. And I'm just laying there like, okay, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I just lay down and relaxed. And all of a sudden I felt this like shooting pain in my stomach and it held on and then it released. And she mentioned later that um, I had a lot of energy blocked up in there. She had to work to get it out. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And look, I've just come to just not try to put the limitations on 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 myself. Like, yes, I, I know I've just said I'm not psychic and I don't think I am. I don't think that's a term that suits me. But having said that, I also know that there's certain things that happen that I just, I don't think about it too much. Like, what I'm trying to say is here, I occasionally do the tarot for other people. Once again, mm-hmm. it's not something that I do much. And I don't know tarot so well that I have all the cards memorized. But I have a summary of what these cards are and their overall the meanings. Because I did this workshop with a guy who's, who's a Romani, mm-hmm. a gypsy. Gypsy is not, gypsy is one of those words that's. It's not PC anymore. It's kind of not an acceptable word anymore, but everybody understands the concept of it. Romani, mm-hmm. yeah. So he was, he was apprenticed to his uncle at age four, and this was in Ireland. And they literally went around in a horse and a cart. So he learned from his uncle conjuring skills and tarot. And he's the person that I've had a tarot read, read, reading done. And he actually says, I'm a psychic as a rock. <laughs> I know how to use these cards. And he's very skilled at it. And what he says to you is extraordinary. It's really hard not to believe that somehow there's not some sort of psychic thing happening. I mean, who knows what, what it is. But anyway, I occasionally do tarot for other people. So I'll lay the cards. I'll look at the traditional meaning. And then I'll just start saying shit. 
I've no idea where this shit comes from. (laughs) And I listen to myself and go, what the fuck are you? But you know what? That that's honestly that's really no. But yeah, of course, that's how it works. I mean, I I read tarot similar to similarly to that. That you have faith in yourself, you have faith in your abilities, you have faith in your magic, you have faith in the spirits that you work with, yes. and you have faith that the, the of the spirits that are attached to those cards because there's a spirit attached to everything. Yes, yes, everything. Ah, so <laughs> when you're reading yes. those cards, you know, and it comes to you like that, it's coming to you the right way. So you're you're you are psychic. You may oh, not yes, believe that, but and you it's are. This whole thing about not always having to understand what's happening here not always having to have a rational explanation for why a leads to b sorry i'm just moving my hand so you can see see them and just accept that okay you're saying certain things and you don't know where it's coming from and it may not make sense to you but to to the person you're saying it It'll hopefully make sense. And what is the worst that ha- happens? You're telling them absolute rubbish that means nothing to them and they just look at you and go, mate, you are so far wrong. You're not only barking up the wrong elm, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong, the wrong fucking county kind, kind of thing. But I find that doesn't ha- ha- happen. It's, yeah, so, so how did we come onto this? I've already forgotten. <laughs> I had asked you about um, uh, oh, magic. performing magic for other people. Yeah. Look, you know, I often get messages into my fair, fair, fairu page. Oh, I'm needing to do a love spell. Can 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 you do love magic for me, or can you do this? And my standard, my standard message tends to be, look, thank you for your email message. Unfortunately, I don't do I don't do workings for others. Well, and it's I, just because look, I don't know these people. It's just and look, I have issues with certain kinds of magic as well. I personally don't like the idea of doing love magic for others. I would rather teach the person to do their own magic. And love magic is often not about the person you want to get back, but about you and changing in you what is causing potential issues of not being able to attract a partner. Yeah. But this whole trying to change a person's will to get them back, my standard response to that is, why do you want to command a person to come back to you who doesn't want you? Why are you wanting them back? How is it you think this is going to end and end up? You've used your will and magic to have them back. This isn't going to go well. And that's why I think that such a big part of magic is shadow work. And for those of you that don't know, you just have to look into yourself and kind of take a deep dive into your own problems and your own issues and grow to become a better person. And it helps in your magic practice because then you're not wasting time doing spells like this that aren't going to benefit you, aren't for your higher self, or are for motives that don't come from a place of yeah. purity, either goodness or anger, whichever way well, you want to go. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if the money's right, hey, <laughs> come on, oh, baby. And look, I'll hook you up. To people, I don't care. 
there are people who are very skilled or maybe they're not and they're doing a lot of magic and they're getting paid it's that's that's them i just i've done the occasional things for people and as a payment i've taken i've taken a dollar coin because I think there's, there should be a payment. There's, absolutely, there should be a payment. You should get paid for your services. Where a payment has to be made. So I mean, I've look, got a little here, container here where I've got all these coins there. But of here's course, a, here's the a, a thing, though, bro. I mean, you know, you are a professional sorcerer. I am a professional sorcerer. Yeah. We've been doing this a long time, dude. Yeah. A long time. We should get some kind of compensation for what we're doing. We are of professionals. Course. We're not fly-by-nights. We're not some ignorant boobs. We should absolutely get paid for what we do of because course. that payment is respect. Of course. But look, I've made a conscious a, a decision to not do this as a business because I work. I teach. I, I'm happy when people come into my life and a need has come up and I will help. You know, like... A friend that I used to do martial arts here with, she ended up moving to the UK. And she had a major issue with this other guy who was stalking her and harassing her. And it was nasty, nasty shit. And she knows I'm in she knows I'm in I'm in to magic. So she wanted some help. Now, if it was me personally and a person was affecting me i have no concerns about you know cursing hexing some some someone else fuck it right right <laughs> if, if it comes to that and been I'm there done that i will but for other people i tend to take the other side of uh, uh, the coin i tend to prefer to do magic that removes them from their thoughts makes the person invisible to them or binds them. And that's the kind of magic that I think I prefer to do for others because when it comes to cursing and hexing, you have to feel it. You need to put in your full intent, your mm -hmm. rage, your hate, your intent. Now, if I'm going to do that, then I'm feeling it. I'm really wanting to put my energy in in into this i'm not emotionally involved though affected by the person that's harassing her so i'm not going to do a curse and a hex because it's not me it's not affect affecting me so i prefer to do the magic for her that's that sort as i said hides her from him mm. um banishes him from her life which i did and it worked and she was really happy happy so that's just my approach. Um, but speaking of emotions, um, when doing magic, depending on what magic it is, um, depends on what emotion you're going to use. If you're going to hex somebody, you have to use that part of your emotion that's going to feed that hex. If of you're course. going to heal somebody, you have to use that part of emotion that's going to heal somebody. I've done remote yeah. healings too. In fact, I, I'm in the United States. I'm in North Florida. And I've done a healing for someone in Dublin, Ireland. Yep. And it was very successful. Yeah. Um, yep. But emotion is a big, big deal to push and to empower your sorcery and your magic. Yes. See, I can put, I can put my healing 
the love and the care into a healing for a person. But when it comes to doing cursing and hexing, then I'm only going to do that on the person that's affected me. I'm not going to hex another person on behalf of another. It's just not what I'm in, what I'm in. Right, and and, and I'm aware that it's going to take a lot of my energy, and I'm, unless I get in, unless I was prepared to do this as a payment, hey, I, I will, but I need some serious money back because it's going yeah. to take a lot of my energy and time. It's going to take, and and when you do that kind of work, absolutely, a lot of your energy and a lot of your time because when you do that kind of work, you're done for the day. You're worn out. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just looking at all the comments. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, when you when you cast a circle, yeah, even just a general circle, do you prefer to assign um, goetic spirits to each direction, or do you just simply work with the elements as they are? It depends on the purpose of the circle, I sure. guess. Sure. So if I'm doing it as a, so if, for instance, hoard, so we'll occasionally do like a public thing. And those are the rituals that are more sort of the Wiccan based. So they'll be um, casting a circle with the elements, calling in the god and the goddess, but using various kind of, the names for goddesses. Right. So that will be more an elemental, having the elements in the cardinal points, physically moving the elements around the circle, you know, physically actually casting the circle and moving the elements. If, on the other hand, I'm doing something like the lesser banishing ritual or the pentagram, which I'll occasion they do at home for those of you who haven't heard of that it's more of a it's more of a ceremonial one that's based on um a jewish Mm -hmm. kind of magic so as part of that you're calling you're calling upon the four archangels and it's a ceremony it's a ceremony it's a ceremony in and of itself yes yes so you'll have four you'll be cast you'll be basically Moving in a circle, casting a pen, a pentagram in each in each corner. You'll be calling upon a version of the God name, the Jewish kind of names. So the God names are Hebrew, mm-hmm. um, and then mm-hmm. at the end you're visualizing the four archangels standing on each side. Some people add in an extra angel. They'll put in the Metatron at, yeah. at, at the top, which I don't. So that's another method of casting a circle, which is very different from the Wiccan elemental one. Yes. So it depends yeah. on the purpose of what I'm using it for. Okay. Okay. But in what 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 situation would you specifically assign? Like Lucifer in the East, you know, Pyamon, okay. you know, have, Leviathan in the West, etc. Yep. I think we've 
I've only ever used that kind of a circle once because I tend not to really work with Lucifer, a Leviathan and that. Um, we did, once again, Horde, we did a beach night and this was a monetary spell. And so we actually did do the circle using a Leviathan and whoever else it was. I don't recall because it's not something I really use. And we did that kind of, and we carved their sigils into the sand and we did that as a ritual and we had a fire pit and in the fire pit we burnt the Chinese, the Chinese, um, the paper money. The hell money. Oh, yeah. yeah, the hell. Hell money, yeah. The hell notes. So we toss them in and, of course, they burn and they look real. They look I, I have I have a ton of that stuff. I have some of it here too. I it's love really using fun. that. I love using that. So I, as such, really don't work with Satan or Lucifer specifically. I mean, I see many... You know, there's many Facebook pages and people where you've got the whole, you know, hell Satan, hell Satan fans. And yeah. look, I don't object to that. A lot now, of teachers are like working with say Satan. I mean, how how much of that is for show and that I I don't know, but I do sometimes I do sometimes laugh when I see the very many you know hell Satan posts and you read what what <laughs> what they're saying. You think. Oh my god, this is comedy. This is comedy gold. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. There's a lot of pages on Facebook that's yeah. you know, and it's hail Satan this and hail Satan that. And it, it's just it's 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 very juvenile to me. I mean you know what yeah. though, if that's their initial pathway, I'm, that I they mean, see all the stuff and they come into it and that's their initial exposure. Hopefully, there's some, there's some of them that then take on the Satan aspects in a more serious way, or they use that as a stepping stone to move on to other things. So, yes, there'll always be those people for whom it's just a show and it's a very shallow, oh, everybody's worshipping Satan, oh, I'm against the church so obviously satan's the opposite of the church <laughs> hell yeah i'm jumping on the satan bandwagon you know and that's all <laughs> fine i mean so many of them though tend to come from a background of the church and they end up being so anti-church that they then try to take on the opposite and after all what's more anti-church supposedly than satan so you know and i think that's in part why we wanted to start this podcast is because there's so much misinformation surrounding any sort of demonic magic that, you know, there, it, it is seen as like evil and just hail Satan and sacrificing mm. babies and virgins, but there's so much more to it. Like, Where do you whole... find them? <laughs> you don't anymore, my man. I've been looking, I've been looking for a virgin. <laughs> you don't anymore. Check Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're plastic. You know um, I wouldn't but, be surprised if there's somebody selling virgin. I have <laughs> you a good deal. You buy two, I give you a third one for free. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, you know, I, I've practiced uh, goetic magic in one form or another for a long time. Yeah. Working with demons and stuff. 
I have never directly had any desire or a need to work with an entity called Satan. No, same, same. N never had the need. No. Yeah, look, I'm same. And I've got a friend of mine who's joined the Church of Sa Sa Satan. And I'm happy for him because it's it's a wonderful thing for him. And when you look at Anton Alavey, uh -huh. And when you look at, you know, some of the things he's saying, it's, re it's really good stuff, you know, mm -hmm. how to live your life, how to respect others, you know, how not to cause harm. Well, you know, I've read the Satanic Bible multiple oh, times, cool. and there's yep. really nothing diabolical in there. Actually, it reads no, a really lot. Stuff. Yeah, it reads a lot like a, 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 a pagan book because it's yeah. obvious that he... It's obvious that he took a lot of stuff from pagan societies to create the Satanic Bible. Yes. Very obvious. It kind of reminds me of Buddhism in a little way, where yeah. you're trying to do certain things and get rid of certain things to enhance your life. This is just the more chaotic way to do so. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I think because, of, because many people come from a past where they've been forced to go to church and Jesus and that, and they have issues with it or they've had things happen to them. And, who, you know, there's, there's all sorts of horrible things that happen that happen to people. And it, honestly, at the end of the day, if it gives people, if it gives people, happiness or a way to overcome harm that's happened to them i honestly don't care if they worship a thing that they call satan or they worship a thing called huba huba uba daba you know <laughs> i want to know about i want to know more about that one <laughs> i do too um i actually um a lot of people may not believe this but i actually enjoy going to catholic mass i like it it's you know very it's very powerful and it's high magic. I don't care what nobody says. They can whine all they want. Truth of the matter, fact of the matter is high Catholic mass is high magic. Of course it is. Look, I was never I was never baptized. And my mother was quite anti-church. Although in my youth I went to a boarding school as a day as a day person. And that was run by an order of Catholic nuns so when i first went there it was a whole okay what what's the religion you are and i said okay what are my options <laughs> and i said well, okay well we're pretty much all catholic here what does that entail well we do a weekly mass and then you go to confession and blah 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 and i said okay what's the alternative to that well, we have a couple of the Protestants here. And, you know, once a week we organise a person to come in and do religious instructions for them, you know. And I said, well, that sounds good. I'll do that, you know. But I would occasionally go along to the Catholic Mass. And I like it. It's, as you said, look at what a high magic rich ritual is. You're sanctifying the space. Yes. Yes. Yeah, anybody, uh, <laughs> That's right. You know, 
And then you're calling right. in the you're calling in the spirits. May That's the right. Holy Ghost come upon us, you know. Yes. And then you're doing the ritual, you're doing the mass, and then you're partaking of the wine, the sacred mm. wine, mm -hmm. and yeah. the element of earth, the little disc which happens to right. be the body of Jesus kind yeah. kind of thing. And then at the end you're shutting things down, all all be well, passing peace kind 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 of thing. It's high magic. It is high magic. And you know a lot of people don't know this either. But um in ancient Egypt, thousands of years, thousands of years before the Catholic Church was ever even thought of, they had a type of ceremony, a type of mass to Osiris where they would make cakes oh, yes. in the shape of his uh, body and yep. they would they would they would drink a type of wand that would represent his blood. They would they would consume these cakes yep. to mimic consuming Osiris's body and drink yep. this wine to mimic drinking the blood of the god Osiris. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. I think one of the things that's so cool about getting into magic is that 99.9% .9 of the people that I've run across, they don't care what sort of belief system you subscribe to. They see the magic in everything. And that's such a parallel or a contradiction to most like religious people is that it's their way or the highway. But yeah. once you're in magic, you can start to see all the similarities and yep. all the entities that have the same kind of vein. And you just have so much respect for all of it, even if it isn't something you practice. Look, I, as I mentioned before, I wear quite a large, I wear quite a large pen to grand. You know, it's probably yay big. But it's, mm. this is a huge, this is a huge chunk of silver. So there's a Catholic church around the corner from us that is a traditional church that does the Latin Mass. Now, I really love listening to, you know, medieval Latin uh, religious stuff. Who knows there? In the past, I was probably part of the church. I, I don't know. Holy, the Holy Inquisition. Here I come kind, kind of thing. So... I've been along to two of their masses and they've been lovely because would they do one? You might know this. What's the Catholic mass thing that they do just before ha 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 Halloween? Oh, All Saints. All Saints, yeah. So they had an All Saints mass. They had people up the back of the church who sing. So I went along. Look, I don't necessarily understand all that's happening there i met the priest at the end you know i'd actually met him walking around and i said hi and i said oh are you part of the church that does the catholic mass he said yeah that's me i said look i'm not a catholic would it be all right if i come along he said come along come along you know and so i had a chat to him at the end i'm wearing my you know huge i'm wearing my huge pentagram he didn't bat an eyelid, didn't give a shit, right? We were in Spain 2019, December. We were in a southern Spanish city called Malaga. And I wanted to go to a Christmas mass, a mid a midnight mass. I'd never been. I thought I thought about it often, but I just oh look, you know. Malaga. 
there's a cathedral there that's huge. It's beautiful. Mid, mid, midnight Mass, I went, along with hundreds of people. I mean, maybe a 1,000 people. I don't know. And I sat through this whole Mass. It was really nice. And, yeah. And once again, I'm wearing my huge pen to gram. Nobody bats an eye, you know. So I understand the whole thing of enjoying a Catholic Mass, but I can visit the Mass without any past, without any past his, history. I don't have a history where I've been molested by the priest. I don't come from a family that forced me to go to church and I hated it. So for me... Going to a Catholic Mass is experiencing another form of magic, a joyous, happy event. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't have any of those negative associations, but luckily in magic, there are so many different avenues to go down and to find your perfect path and get your yeah. escape from anything that you yeah. need to. And look, we haven't touched on the whole how magic can help you heal you know how magic can help you overcome all sorts of things like anxiety and all sorts of things and just how magic how magic can help you function oh yeah it's 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 definitely uh beneficial in my opinion for your mental health and stability oh, of, of your mind, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. magic has had such a huge impact on me and changed me the way I think and perceive things and see things. And, you know, I'm capable of... One of the things that I have come to see is that we have, we have a choice. Our existence is all about choice. Mm -hmm. And what I mean mean by this parts of me are quite an angry angry kind of person i'm yeah anyway so i can be in my car and a person cuts cuts me off and my initial response is to get quite heated you know but i've come to realize that i can choose this i can try to rec recognize oh hang on I'm having this a response. Am I happy to continue and just have a vent? Or do I maybe want to change this and go, you know what, you don't need to respond like this. You can choose not to because by always responding in this way, your heart, your heart rate's up, your BP's up. By responding this way every time, you're causing yourself health issues. You will have a fucking heart attack. So magic is about choice. You're choosing yes. who you want to be, who you want to associate with, what you're prepared to accept. And often enough, I've had conversations with people where something's been said and I don't realise till afterwards that upset. I was upset by that. I wish I had have said some, something then. You know, put put the other person on their spot and said, no, that is not an acceptable thing. I will not accept that. You you do not have the right to speak to me in such a the way. But often enough, I don't realise this till after, and then I think of the perfect way to answer, 
but it's something that I've come to realize. So I'm trying to work on the choice of being able to respond at the time. So I, magic is an important thing. It's not just iffy-wiffy, fairy-waving and summoning. It can have a really serious impact on who you are as a person and help you heal and help you let go of the past because you can't change the past. You can choose, are you going to allow the past to rule you or are you going to make a choice of saying, I forgive so-and-so for being a cunt, but I'm going to let it go. Yeah. And I think, point me hanging on yeah. to this ang anger. I won't forget that right. they're a, mm -hmm. that they're a piece right. of human shit. Yeah. I won't yeah. forget what, what they've done. No, never forget. Let it go. Let it go. Let the let hate it go. go. But never forget. But never forget. forget. And be able to then not fall back into the old uh, behavior yeah. patterns. Yeah. So magic can have a really powerful healing effect and change the way you perceive things. And it's, yeah, it's kind of really weird and esoteric in a way. And I don't think a lot of people really think think about this or maybe can see how how much it's changed how much it can be used as a positive as a positive force and it's a lot cheaper than therapy very true yes <laughs> i've noticed yeah. that um since i really delved into my practice there are a lot of things that i have personal issues with and magic has brought me kind of some solutions to that so like yeah I have really bad anxiety, but now with my magic work, I have a hand in things. I have mm. control again, at least mm. in some form. And so it's helped me feel like I don't always have to have control of everything, but I have control of what I do and I can only control what I can. And the rest of it, you just got to let the chips fall yeah. where they may. And yeah. additionally, in um, gathering up spell ingredients, I started to realize that there's so much worth in every little ingredient. Like I walk around all the time with acorns in my pocket yep. because every time I see one, I pick it up and put it in my pocket. I know it's a powerful tool in my magic yep. practice. Yep. And I started to think about like, okay, if I think this acorn is a very important ingredient, why aren't I? Yeah. What kind of magic, what kind of magic is it that you do? If you don't mind me asking. I do a little bit of everything. Um, yep. I'm still pretty new in my magic practice. So I've been working on little stuff, candles, tarot and divination is something that I'm, I think I'm really powerful at. Um, pretty much every reading that I give for somebody else ends in tears, either happy, yeah. sad, or yeah. relieved. Yeah. But I'm starting to delve into a little bit of potions and um, oh, yes. voodoo practice. and. Yep. I mean, look. I really love, I really love making in in incenses, because mm -hmm. the making of the incenses it's part of the magic. Yes, like you're think, absolutely. You're thinking, okay, I want myrrh in it because it has these sort of attributes, frankincense, and then I'm adding this and that, and the whole mortar and pestle as you're moving it you're putting your physical energy in and your thoughts 
I'm, I'm turning you into powder because you're going to do this and this and this. And then the whole mixing of it. And then you're taking a bit and burning it and going, ah, oh, look, there's something not quite right with that smell. I think I need something else. And yeah, so it's really fun. That's why I like candle magic because as you said, there's so much preparation and energy and thought yeah. that goes into making it. And especially when you're doing something that's a specific request, it's yep. so satisfying to see that thing burn away. You can feel yep. the heat, you can smell it, yep. you can see the light. And it's just such a huge sign that, okay, your petition is out there and it's going to work. I mean, before you even light the candle, the magic's yes. done. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've done these. I've made these occasionally. So this is this is a candle that I made for a goetic spirit, which magnificent, beautiful. You know, and one of the things that I tend to do. So this is an artist pen. I actually write the sigils on my skin. Oh, so mm -hmm. I actually write them on. Mm -hmm. I my my intention had been had i managed my time better had i not woken up out of bed and gone to do some work stuff i was going to actually write some sigils on my arm to actually show actually show but if you have a look at my magic page you'll see there'll be images there so, i have seen i've i've seen that on you and it's magnificent and it looks so powerful and i i know that it acts as a conduit oh Look, I've had people who are not in, in to magic and I've had them on, on, on my arm or I've sat opposite them, let's say, before something and I've felt the need and they've said, oh, my God, I can feel something coming off that. What the fuck's going on? And I'm, <laughs> and I'm feeling some things but not what they're fe feeling. And it's like, oh, wow, that that's really cool that you feel it. it's like whoa so there's power there's power in sigils there's power in adapting magic to suit you i'll show you this guys there we go yeah, yeah, oh, yeah thank you so that's that's where i put on two goetic sigils um probably at the time i just needed energy and i just needed a bit of yeah energy and that was at a friend's place, his old, the PT kind of space. And he happened to have this really wonderful concrete wall. I said, oh, I don't suppose you'd be able to take a couple of photos. He said, oh, mm -hmm. yeah. And they've just come out so well with that sort of concrete. Absolutely. And I've done a little bit of that myself, um, getting into sigil work and creating my own sigils, actually. And I like to write them under like on the soles of my feet yes absolutely oh, yes. yeah like a hoodoo thing yeah <laughs> definitely a hoodoo thing i've yeah, done yeah. the same thing with runes uh i've wrote I runes as well. on my arms on my on underneath my shoes on my boots on the sides of my boots where my jeans will hang over so people won't know yeah i've done that and had a powerful profound success with it because every magic spell you do every time you carve or draw a seal a sigil a rune whatever there is a spirit that's going to answer that 
Yes. There's a spirit that's attached to these sigils and these seals and these runes. Yes. Every every uh, incantation that you verbalize, every spell you verbalize, there's a spirit that's going to answer that call. It's yeah. attached to it. It's almost like they, they're compelled to do that, and they will do that. And I wanted to ask you, what do you prefer to do to ward and protect yourself? What is something that you do perhaps on a regular Okay, so I, one thing that I use a lot is the picture that you just showed of the sigils on my arm. Okay. There's been times like when, when we went overseas, and I think this was in Italy, and I just felt this need to be a protected, whether this was a physical thing or an emotional thing i will write the sigils on on my arm i'll summon and i know that they're there the the energy's there i'm protected i mean i i can't show you because i'm using my phone but my lock monitor on on my phone is two of the goetic sigils which means i'm carrying my phone these sigils are there Right. I can look at them whenever I want and talk to them or, you know, use their N. For those of you who haven't heard of that word, there's a person, Connolly, who wrote a book S, about... S. Connolly. Yeah. And it's a really good book, but a lot of people have issues with what she's written in that they think it's all made, made up and that. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Hi. Oh, is it almost time to go? I'm actually doing a podcast in the US that I forgot about. Are you able to go? Sorry. Um, speaking of ends, E-N-N-S, by S. Connolly, I've actually used those ends. I do too. I use them a lot, and they yep. are profound. Yep. They work. I've had a lot of success with them. Again, Orobas. Yes. I've used his his N a lot. Jaden Tasa Hoet Naka Orobas. Yep. Powerful stuff. I like yep. her work. I don't care I what do anybody too. says. I like her work. At the end of the day, let's make an let's say she made it all up. It doesn't matter because these words have become an egg, an egg, an egregore, a charge Absolutely. power spell that so many people have used these now that they take on a magical, they take on a mag a magical power. So even if they're completely made made up, because one of the concerns that people have from her is that she said she'd based it on a book that was written by a family and passed on. And she's not willing to reveal the book and the source perfectly fine so therefore yeah. people say oh it's all fake in that but even if it is so fucking what i, so I don't care i mean now they have power yeah i mean i practice i practice a lot of chaos magic yeah and you know when with chaos magic belief is in it belief in and of itself is the tool so of course. pretty much anything goes so i don't give a i don't give a shit where the ends come from the no, demons and the demons, the demons answer the call of the ends. Bune, yes, for do. example, 
I've used that many times and I've won a large amount of money because, you know, that's his thing, money. And of course, helping you to facilitate conversations with the dead. Yeah. So I've used these ends with great success. Great success. I think we glossed over it a little bit, but for those that don't know, an N is like a string of words that help call forth a demon. It's right. kind of a calling card. So it is. Think of it. It sounds a bit like the Latin, but it's supposed to be a language that the demons speak. Yes. So, for instance, Erato on Kabur Anon is yes. the pure one. Yeah. And there's different ways of saying it, and you're putting your energy in. And I just use it as a sort of meditative, you're repeating it, and it's putting you into that energy sphere. So whether they're fake or not, you know, fake, it doesn't matter. I don't think they're fake. I don't think so either. But, you know, okay, so so you see these <clears throat> mala beads, right? So if I need to connect with uh, Orobos very quickly, yep. I, I will I will chant his N. You know, Jaden Tasa Hoet Naka Orobos, Jaden Tasa Hoet Naka Orobos, yep. over and over and yep. over. Yep. And um, it puts my mind in a state that is conducive to connect with Orobos. It's and we will have conversation. A mantra. It puts you in that magical zone. It immediately, you know, yeah. No, it's really good. I like them. I like them. I think they're really useful and powerful. And I think if you're excuse me, if you're already in the process of summoning a goetic god or spirit whatever or demon whatever you want to call it yep if you're even if you're using traditional solomonic methods put that in in there and watch what happens yeah yeah oh look yeah i I think that's the nice thing about abel look i know there are some people who are very stuck to the traditional method is this and nothing will ever be added and that's fine if it works for them one, well, one, and the thing, one, thing about it, a lot of those mages, wizards, sorcerers, whatever, magicians in the Middle Ages, uh, first of all, a lot of them, they didn't wash their ass. Yeah. They, they didn't wash their ass. They didn't take baths. They stayed drunk most of the damn time. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they were whoremongers. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I like the idea of mixing things up, up a bit, as you said. What if I were to add in this N? Is do I notice something? Do I not? If I don't think it works, then I won't. It's like a scientific, it's like a scientific and magic is very much like that. A methodology. You know, it's uh we're like as sorcerers, we're like scientists. Exactly. Yes. You're in our group now. Yeah. I notice you're into skulls. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. All right. So we have a little over 10 minutes left. So I want to take this time so that if anybody in the audience has any questions for any of us, go ahead and ask. Um, I actually have one more question before I get off. 
if you could keep only one magical item of any kind, whether it be like an herb or a wand or whatever, which one of your items would it be and why? You know what? It's interesting you ask this. I bought this oracle deck um, called the Mildred Payne Secret Oracle, which I happen to have here. And it's the series of the cards, you know, that have like an image on it and mm -hmm. and a picture. Okay. And they've got like their suggested their suggested inter interpretation. I bought them just as a fun thing. I thought, oh, these look kind kind of cool. Never really suspecting how insightful they are as a divination tool. There's like 85 of these cards, I think. So if I had to leave everything here and could maybe take only one thing, I'd possibly take these cards because I have found them so insightful and I've used them occasionally to do a reading for others. And they've just been really wow. I've just found them unexpectedly fantastic. Like there's a part of me that prefers them to the tarot deck. Because a tarot okay. deck can be very complex and involved and involves oh, so yeah. much different imagery and secret signs and that. Whereas this just seems you can read what they suggest the card is, and then you might pick up on a word there and suddenly your thoughts just go oh so this spider represents female energy oh i feel like this is a you know person that's been in your life that's done this and this and this and blah yada 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 and they just get yeah they're just really cool so of all the stuff here i mean obviously i really wouldn't want to lose the goetic figures that i've had the maid but if I had to walk out here with one thing, it's possibly those because I would use them. I don't know. Yeah, I could have everything else probably replaced. But if I was running away and becoming a refugee and I couldn't take much with me, then I would take these cards. <clears throat> and what's up here? And what's up here? Because I can do the goetic sigils on, on my arm. I can Absolutely. I can do magic with just a piece of stick you know you know that's right and you but can, con you can I think are really good you can concentrate that stick on your own you oh, know yeah. without anything just using words i think now somebody asked a question here uh john halo from halo 3 hi john how, how much money you made question mark I, I i don't know if that's directed towards me i think it was okay so um i'll i'll answer it um how much money? Did, okay, yeah, I, it was five hundred dollars within an hour. Hey, demon, demons deliver. Okay, <laughs> I'm not bullshitting you. I'm not lying. They deliver. Archangels are a little different because they want to look at the big picture and make sure you're within the realm of morality. Demons yep. don't care. They're gonna give you what you want, baby. Yeah, I would fully concur with that and look some somebody who says 500 is a lot the, the thing you need to keep in mind and this is where it gets hard being able to find a person who has genuine skills as opposed to a scammer 
And I mm -hmm. hate to say it, that probably 95% of people who are selling their magical skills are scammers. If some, one way of knowing, being pretty sure that somebody's a scammer, if they're saying things like, you've got an ancestral curse that's yes. ling lingering mm -hmm. on, it's yep. going to cost you 5000 to take it away, and then we might need extra stuff. You hear that crap, you run. Yeah, and that's I'm not the sign. Saying, I'm not saying there's not things like an ancestral kind of a curse, but that is such a common way for scammers to hook, hook you in. Or I can see you have ancestral curse. I take away. You pay me $5,000 and I make it go away, you know. Run. And yeah. yes, 500 may may not seem like much, but if you think about if it's paid to somebody who is skilled, and that's the thing, knowing that they're skilled, you ha you're having a major obstacle taken away. You're having your life changed. I mean, 500 is not an insubstantial sum, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think you definitely have to do your research. And I think mm. that the more you know about what you're asking, the more prepared you are to really know what to avoid and what to look out for. Because like you said, if you know their background and their skills and you have enough of the knowledge to be able to judge that on your own, then you can really keep yourself safe from scammers yeah. and stuff like that. And also you... ask, okay, so how are you performing this? Who are you sum summoning? What what are you doing and just really sort of it's like you wouldn't go to a surgeon and just say oh so you want to cut something out of me yeah okay fine <laughs> you're gonna right. want to know why what yeah. are you cutting out what what hmm. what are the risks what are my long-term consequences so it's same with a magic person you need to really have the rapport because in a way they're like a therapist you need to be have a sympathetic simpatico with them. And if something doesn't feel right, walk away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's cheaper than therapy. So try well, it's a lot cheaper because it's a, a one off and it's done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Ken, do you have any more questions? Um, uh, yeah, you know what? I do have a question. What in the hell is a Vegemite sandwich? <laughs> okay. And would I like that shit? Okay. So Vegemite is a yeast extract that is produced when the beer is made. So it's a yeasty kind of e extract. And rather than it being chucked away, somebody came up with the thought of, oh, we can put it in a bottle and sell it. So it's a very traditional, very common Australian food. Now, the problem is that when a lot of Australians introduce it to foreigners, they'll lather it on. They'll put it on really thick. And it is strong as fuck. Do they do so that on purpose? Who then taste it just goes, you know. So do you guys do that to Americans on purpose? Some people will. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a very common thing. Oh, mate, mate, mate. <laughs> Try this stuff, mate. That's great. Like mind, you know, <laughs> you know, and of course you're putting it on thick, and the person will taste it and nearly, you know, vomit. So most Australians will have it quite thin, like a very just a piece of bread. Hang on, I'm opposite, and just a very light kind of smear. 
I, on the other hand, love the yeasty, salty taste. I'll put it on like butter. <laughs> so it don't. It doesn't taste like peanut butter. No. Oh fuck! No, no, it's nothing. <laughs> <like> <laughs> no. Vegemite <laughs> is very strong, very salty. It's Do a you... really intense taste. So you have to put it on really thin if you haven't had it. Whereas I love it, and I just put it on like a jam. And anybody who sees me eat Vegemite, even my wife, will go, you're fucking crazy. How can you put <laughs> half, half an inch of Vegemite on bread? So, I, I actually, uh, my oh, boyfriend, he has always wanted to try Vegemite, so we got some. I was not a fan. He loved it. He puts it yeah. on like butter, too. I think it's gross. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Okay. But if you ever do have have it start off with just a just a okay. that's a tiny bit that you barely have any on it so you just get the very subtle taste so vegemite add more but if Veg somebody gives you lots of it you'll think it's disgusting and you'll never have it again okay all right so you you don't think it's a worthy offering for a goetic spirit then oh i think it is oh yeah okay. Vegemite's awesome i okay. mean let's Let's be honest, it'd be something that they haven't had. That's it's true. A unique thing. So it's like, oh, I like Well, you know, it's stuff. interesting. Um, speaking of uh, libations and offerings to the, to demons, go out experience. A lot of the ones I work with, they like sangria and they like oh, yeah. disorono. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I tend to make up a batch of... I, I have a cake here where I put in bulk musket can you see it yep and it comes out this really dark viscous al alcohol so this is what i tell oh, i've had a bit too much of it i'm starting to get a little bit drunk <laughs> and i haven't I yeah haven't and it's eaten yet what is it like 11 o'clock time so i haven't eaten anything it's yet. 11 o'clock there right but if you see it it's like a really dark viscous booze Oh, it looks like cough syrup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is really strong, and it's alcoholy and sure, sure, sure. <laughs> it's basically a fortified wine. That's so. great. Well, you're, you're you're so cool, man. I freaking love you, bro. Hey. Look, thank you. Cheers. Thank you so much for asking me on, on this show. It's been really good fun. And look, you know me. I can chat. Um, oh, I love it. And you know what? I, we want we want you on again for real. I'd love yeah. to come on again. Okay. Have, All right. Have, um, and maybe we you can show us some of your uh, your you know your ritual attire, your robes, things like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Um, Look, and, if anybody wants to see anything, um, comment on my Facebook page, ask for stuff. I'm happy to do posts. Over the years, I've put a lot of posts on my magic page, but it's it, it's always hard to know what is the people want want to see. But I've put up pictures of me in ritual out, outfits and all all sorts of stuff. And if oh, almost knocked over the phone, that must and be some good liquor, baby. And if anybody has anything to ask me, I'm always happy to answer answer things. I mean, that's part of it. I think that when you do the magic part of it is, you know, helping other people and answering things and yeah. Awesome. I, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just ready to sign off. Um, I want to. I want to say one more thing. What do we got? Five minutes, something like that. No, we got one minute. One minute. Okay, we got one minute. I want to say, do you have anything to add with regards to goetic spirits, archangels, elementals, anything? For people, especially for people who are scared. Oh, it's demons. Da, 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 da. Look, I would suggest if you're thinking of working with a a goetic en entity, look at a book, look at the sigils, see which sigil resonates with you. Look at the seed sigils first and go, oh, that sigil looks cool. Then you can research and work out, is this somebody I think I want? Or even if you read their what they're supposed to offer, don't necessarily accept that. If a sigil, if a sigil resonates with you, then start to sort of look at it, work it, and so forth. Okay. And don't be scared. And ask ask for help. Absolutely. If you're unsure about something, there's people that can answer things. There's Facebook pages. The Ken has some wonderful, some wonderful pages, and you just post a question, say, "I'm thinking of working with so and so. Is there anything I should offer them or ask them?" And people will answer you. So just ask for help. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Wizard Pharaoh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been one wonderful and. Have a wonderful evening because it's 6 p.m. Well, it's 8 p.m. there. So yep, enjoy yep. your Sunday to come and I'll enjoy the rest of my Sunday here. All right. Awesome. Many blessings. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day.